Welcome to The Rachel Kujup Show. I'm Rachel Kujup and my mission is to help you build a business that supports your multi-passionate lifestyle, create content with confidence and clarity, and launch profitable signature services and products. It is possible to blend who you are with what you do and gain financial freedom while still making a positive contribution to the world. I have helped over 3,000 people across my workshops and programs become respected and successful leaders and creators in their community. I know you have big dreams for your business and life. So are you ready to be seen and heard? In today's episode, I'll show you how to make it happen. Welcome to The Rachel Quizip Show. I recently did an Ask Me Anything on my Instagram stories. I get questions daily and weekly in the DMs on topics about sales, marketing, business, plants, and Pacey. I swear that Pup needs his own Instagram account with the amount of attention he gets from you all, but I won't tell him that because he already has a big enough ego. So I thought it would be fun to give you the opportunity to ask me questions anonymously and for me to share my answers in detail with you here. I think I'm going to make this a regular thing because I had heaps of fun doing it, and many of you said that you never know what questions you can and should be asking marketing coaches like me. So I'm hoping the 12 questions I'm about to share will give you some inspo and affirm that it's a great practice to always be asking yourself and others questions. I think it's one of the best ways to learn. Okay, let's dive in. Question number one, what do you consider as your top three must-dos in your marketing mix? Now, I'm taking this question to mean what marketing tactics or channels I suggest, and this is a great question. I always suggest to my clients that they invest in one, one owned channel like an email, podcast, or blog. This is on top of your website. Yes, websites are still relevant people. Two, you invest in a one shared channel and this is usually social media. So Instagram or say LinkedIn, TikTok. And three, invest in one earned channel like a referral program or speaking on podcasts. This follows the PESO model, P-E-S-O, and essentially creates a really simple content marketing strategy. Now, I don't believe you need to pay for media like Facebook ads to call on your dream clients and opportunities, but this is definitely another area that you can invest in. Unfortunately, I see many of my community only focusing on Instagram or social media in general, and this can let you down later when you want to expand your reach or establish your credibility in the industry at large. Question number two. How do you improve the quality of your clients that you have? For example, get ones with bigger budgets. I'm really sorry, but there's like no short answer to this. It really does take a multi-tiered approach. I know many business owners, particularly online, say just raise your prices and this may help. But in my experience, it often leads to more issues when other things aren't addressed too. So if you want to raise your price to call in clients with bigger budgets, you also need to look at how you're positioning yourself. So your messaging and your visibility. You need to look at your product. What level of transformation are you creating for your clients? And what promises are you claiming in all of your business and marketing? You also need to look at promotion, how you talk about your product or service and how you invite people to work with you. Think of it as an equation. It needs to flow and come together. It needs to make sense. 
often it takes time to attract your dream clients because you're figuring things out as you go. You're figuring all those different parts of the equation and you need to test and tweak until you get the results you want. The best place to start is asking yourself, what would my dream clients want to know, think or do before working with me? Make sure everything you do is answering those questions. Question number three, is Pacey available for playdates? He is. He actually really loves meeting other pooches and people. However, he is like really, really fast, like faster than a greyhound, like off the starting rank fast. So if your dog is old or gets tired really easy, we may actually need to arrange like a body face toy kind of meetup instead. We can just sip coffee and let them play. DM me, Rachel underscore Kujip, if you want to arrange a puppy play date. Super keen for that. Question number four. I'm wondering how I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. Does business get any easier? It does. I promise you it does. But let's be honest. If we weren't being challenged, inspired and encouraged to grow as a person on the daily, we would probably get bored by our businesses. But please know that every business goes through stages. And after working with thousands of people, I've noticed some patterns. Year zero to one is a huge learning curve. Your mind will be blown. You will be tired. You will question everything. But trust me, you've just got to make it through the first year. Year one to three, that's when it focus, like your focus shifts to growth and stability. How can I get more clients? Keep these clients. What do I need to be focusing on next? Those kinds of things. Years three to five, many founders focus on expansion and perfecting what they do. So maybe hiring teams, doing things overseas, launching different products, getting really clear with the processes, just making everything better. And five plus years, people normally find their groove or start all over again with something new. I'm nearly in my 12th year of business. Can you believe it? And I am well into the fourth iteration of my business. The biggest challenge for me right now is trying to stay relevant. I sound old saying that, but stay relevant and continue to enjoy my work. I know it's easy to say as someone who's been in business for a while and something that I also need to remind myself of constantly is you need to try and enjoy the stage you're in and don't rush it. There's always something you could be doing in your business and that must do everything. Otherwise, I haven't accomplished it feeling doesn't really go away unless you call BS on your own stuff and focus on the present. Question five, how are you liking your new office space? Oh my God, it was the best decision ever. It was the change in scenery I needed. Why didn't I switch rooms in my house sooner? So for those of you who don't know, my old office was downstairs in my house, which is kind of the darkest room. It doesn't get much light and I never wanted to go down there especially in winter when it's cold and my plant babies hated it. So I swapped with my partner and took over the top floor guest bedroom in October last year. Now I love coming to work. It's so bright and warm. Oh my God, (laughs) sun makes a difference and my plant babies are thriving. And the best bit is that Pacey loves his space too. He would never come downstairs with me. That was like the dream to be working downstairs, you know, drinking whiskey, riding him there. No, it was too cold. He hated it. But now I'm upstairs. He's always laying on the bed behind me so I can get hugs and, you know, lay around with him when I need a break. And my coaching clients love seeing him during our calls too. 
Question six, I hate most business books I've been recommended. Do you read business books and what ones have helped you? Oh my God, same. I didn't read any business books last year and I felt better for it. Most of them are so overhyped, so boring, so crap. But there are four books that I've been recommending to my clients of late, which I thought that I would share with you. They're ones that I kind of come back to over and over and have really kind of changed my thinking on things. The first one is What Works by Tara McMullen, which is focused on productivity and how you run your business. The Leading Edge by Holly Ransom, which speaks to leadership and running a business in unprecedented times, aka now. A Company of One by Paul Jarvis, which is written years ago, which focuses on the benefits of remaining small and like marketing minimalism, which I'm all for. And the fourth one is called Can't Even, How Millennials Became the Burnt Out Generation by Anna Uh, sorry, Annie Helen Peterson. And this speaks to all the feelings that come up for us as we navigate business, in particular, a lot of my conversations around burnout and what my clients are feeling right now. So give these a read and let me know if they support you too. Question seven, what's the quickest way to start making money going freelance from corporate? They're also a copywriter. So many of my clients are in this position and I always recommend creating what I call a bridging job for yourself. I did the same thing when I left my corporate job and went full-time on my business. In my case, I was also a copywriter and a marketing manager and I was in the not-for-profit industry. So about six months before I quit my job, I started consulting for agencies and NGOs here in Australia and around the world. I was essentially hired to do the same work as I was doing in my corporate day job. So creating social media strategies, writing website copy, training staff, running campaigns, and so on. This allowed me to make money, build a name for myself, establish my areas of expertise and what I want to do in my business, and gave me time to create my processes, systems, and methods for doing things. Then over time, I started to niche and settled on what I actually wanted my business to be. I didn't put huge expectations on myself or my business over the first few years and focus most of my energy on creating a referral network and steady income. My clients that followed a similar approach to me often make and supersede the salary within the first one to two years. And I was the same. So it's definitely a strategy or a tactic that I think that you should look into. Question eight, how much time do you spend on marketing and sales compared to client work? Well, right now I've set aside about eight to 10 hours of client work per week that covers coaching calls, Voxer support, copy feedback, onboarding, offboarding, that kind of stuff. And about five hours of marketing sales a week. And that covers things like sales calls and DMs, you know, creating social media, email, this kind of podcast content and pitching to and speaking on podcasts. I will increase my marketing and sales hours when I start to do more visibility activities like writing articles or speaking at more events, which I plan to do later in the year. I'll probably increase it by a couple. Let's see how I go. Now, I also spend one to two and a half hours a week on general admin, like updating my bio on LinkedIn and projects like improving the SEO on my website. Now, I believe this time breakdown is pretty consistent with my peers too and those in the community with a similar business model to mine because this impacts where you focus your time, energy, money and creativity in your business. Question nine, what business model do you recommend if you're a person with limited capacity? I'm autistic as a reference. 
So all business models are created equal. They all work and they can all be adapted to the individual, by the individual. So I propose you ask yourself a different series of questions instead of that one. Questions like, how do I like to support my clients? How do I want to spend my time? What marketing activities do I love? What ones do I hate? How do I prefer to build relationships? How often do I want to get paid? What tasks make me feel like a boss? And what ones make me feel overwhelmed and flustered? For me, I prefer supporting my clients one-on-one in real time. Get me on Zoom, workshop, any day. I get flustered juggling multiple tasks with like different energy levels. So, you know, doing admin and then I have to write copy and then I have to speak on stage. No, I get stressed out really quick. And if I plan too far in advance, I get super bored and it feels like it loses all its creativity and I go, why am I even doing this? So I love teaching my community and doing this through writing and speaking and these activities come easy to me. So I always say yes to podcasts and speaking events and creating business content is my jam. I love big cash injections, don't get me wrong, but I actually prefer the stability of monthly payments. Knowing all this helped me make the decision to move back to a one-on-one coaching model and retire all my courses and programs. Both business models worked for me. They brought me cash, clients and opportunities, but the one-on-one model is where I shine. It feels easy and fun. There's no right or wrong way to build and run your business. Do what feels right to you and with the capacity you have at the moment. Question 10. Thank you for sharing your burnout story. I think I'm burnt out too. I have nothing left in the tank. What should I do? I need to make money. First off, I just want to say that if you're feeling this way too, as listeners to this podcast, you're not alone. So many business owners have reached out to me after the podcast episode on creative burnout. And it's kind of not surprising to me. Running and starting a business these past few years has been tough to say the least. So my first suggestion would be to let your support system know where you're at and speak with your doctor. You need to take care of yourself emotionally, physically, mentally, and spiritually first. And remember, this isn't a failing on your part at all. You didn't do anything wrong. You haven't failed. There aren't other people out there doing better and like you've just made a mess of things, which is what everyone said that they feel. You've done the best you can with the resources and the information you've had. There is hope you can get through this. Now, business-wise, I'd figure out the minimum you need to make each month and then you'll know what you need to make that happen. So for example, you need two clients each month to make $2,000 so you can pay your bills. What sales or marketing tactics do you need to get those clients? Use tactics you've tried in the past that have worked for you. Don't try or create anything new if you can avoid it. Most of my clients focus on referrals and working with past clients. And this strategy works really well because one, it's low cost, yay, and you don't need to establish the no like, and trust factor required to call in new clients. So things like launching a new program, running a workshop, that kind of stuff. So you can save energy. Then do the absolute bare minimum and truly rest when you're not working, which I know is harder than it sounds. I use this approach too, and it allowed me to maintain a simple cash flow while I was getting the rest I needed. Question number 11. Can you help me choose plants for my office? I sure can. Send me a DM, Rachel underscore Kujup on Instagram if you're stuck choosing the right plants for your space. The most common mistake people make is not choosing a plant to match their space and their plant experience level. I know fiddle figs are super pretty, but they are one of the fussiest plants. 
They require bright, indirect light, and their leaves will droop if you move them to a new spot in your house or even like half a meter in a room. Trust me, this is what happened to mine. They need regular maintenance, like wiping down their leaves to remove dust and fertilizing them regularly. And they are so slow growing. So if you don't want to get a baby one, you need to pay big bucks to get a mature plant. If it feels like that's just way too much effort, stick to easygoing plants like the jungle cactus variety known as Ripsalis. I think that's how you say it, Ripsalis. Just Google it, (laughs) which uh, they're still kind of like have a jungle feel and have so many different varieties. I have them all around the house and my friends always come over and say, what is that? I want one. And finally, a question number 12. What are you most looking forward to this year? I didn't choose a word or a theme this year, but to sum up the vibe I'm going for, it would be creativity and connection. I'm currently working on my memoir with the hope of having it finished and with a publisher by the end of the year, fingers crossed. So I've been experimenting with writing and style kind of in this way and it has really informed my creative process for writing my own business content. I think we're all bored with the traditional sales and marketing emails so I'm having fun adding kind of fictional writing techniques to my copy. I've had some positive feedback on my emails of late. If you're not on my list DM me and I'll add you so it kind of looks like this playful approach for lack of a better word is paying off. I'm also really excited to run my first in-person event in years with my good friend, Jackie Maloney. And if you've been hanging out with me for a while, you know, I've been looking for a way to get more diverse voices on stage to share their business journeys. I am so done, like done, done with the glamorized events and the instant success stories. I really value peer-to-peer learning, especially when vulnerable, authentic and constructive conversations take place. That's why we founded a whole new business called Tales of a Founder and decided our first focus would be launching our Melbourne event stage unscripted. Myself and so many other incredible business owners will be sharing how we're doing things differently in business and how we've overcome recent challenges. Now, it might not be glamorous, but it's real talk. And I know that's what we need most right now. If you're interested in learning more about the event and hopefully joining us, those of you who are listening and are in Melbourne, I'll leave a link in the show notes. Thanks so much for participating in the AMA and for tuning into today's episode. If you found what I've shared valuable, please leave a review and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss when a new episode drops every Wednesday.